0: Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I'm so excited. Today we are chatting all about like being a queen in your life. We're talking about manifesting from a place of desire. We're talking about the similarities between religion and spirituality and anchoring in the spiritual laws to release a lack mentality. So Gina DeVee is someone that I followed for such a long time. She's a lifestyle and empowerment coach, and she was actually like my coach's coach. So I feel like through osmosis, I learned a lot from her. And she's also going to share this really quick practice to shift our perspective when things aren't going our way. I don't know about you, but every minor inconvenience is like a big thing for me. So I I needed this practice. So we're going to get right into the episode because it's actually really juicy. And it's kind of a long one because she was just sharing so much information i didn't want to stop but before i dive into the interview i want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the rituals by chakra girl at where you can ritual with me every single morning with my long awaited app for all my rituals and meditations. So you can get it on Google play. You can get it on the app store and we're doing all of my favorite rituals for the modern spiritual woman. We're doing everything in this app from morning gratitude to energy clearing, to time traveling, to balancing your chakras and manifesting abundance. We're tapping like so many things. And the foundation of all spiritual growth is consistency and ritual and devotion. Devotion to your highest self. So we're we're helping give you that variety. We're making it easy for you. And whether you have three minutes or you have thirty minutes for your ritual that day, we've got something for you. So get your free seven day trial today by downloading the app on the App Store or Google Play. Just search in Rituals by Chakra Girl. Or if you sign up for the annual membership, we're giving you fifteen percent off with the coupon code Podcast. Now to use the coupon code, you have to sign up. from our special link, which is in the show notes, um, so that's where you will get that fifteen percent discount on the annual membership. But if you just want to try the seven day trial and do the month to month payment, which is only seven ninety nine a month, which is insane, um, and you want to just get that free seven day trial to get started, then you can just download the app directly from the App Store. And so just search rituals by Shocker girl, or we will link you to everything in the show notes, but I'm excited to ritual with you. If you have any rituals that you want to see on there, shoot me a DM and let me know, but I'm just so excited for this new tool that I have for you guys. And just, I can't wait to watch you ascend and grow and we're doing it all together. So get the app and then let's get into this episode. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I'm your host and spiritual BFF, Amberly Lyons, and we are on a mission to make the world more consciously chic and quantumly connected, one activated chakra at a time. We have a very special guest here today. Her name is Gina DeV. She is the founder and visionary behind Gina DeV Lifestyle, and empowerment brand for women globally who are looking to transform their lives through spiritual and feminine principles. Gina has been a huge inspiration in the first few stages of my business, and she really models that you can have it all, the business, the marriage, the adventure, the leisure, the travel, which, you know, I'm all about these days. So we all want more fabulous in our life and we're going to learn how today. So welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yay. So tell us about a daily ritual that you almost never skip.
1: Ooh, Uh, journaling. It's. Just how I connect with source, the divine. I connect with myself, get my thoughts down on the page, journaling. Beautiful. What is your favorite crystal of the moment? Mm, quartz. Quartz, a classic. Mm-hmm. Do you know your sun, moon, and rising? I do. I am a Capricorn Cancer Scorpio rising.
0: Ooh,
1: spicy. I
0: -hmm. like it. Okay, amazing. So I want to know about your own empowerment journey, spiritual journey, and when all of this work turned into your life's work that you're sharing with the world.
1: Mm, Such a great question. It's really been in my life, the my entire life. I, you know, I grew up in uh, born again fundamentalist Christianity. So the positive side of that environment is, you just don't know anything other than God, miracles, scripture, faith. You know, it was it's it was, it was just the focal point of every aspect of growing up. Um, you know, there's some sh- there's shadow sides to everything, and there's a shadow side to that, but you know, at this point, what I've come to terms with is I'm so grateful to my entire life knowing that there was the infinite that I had access to, and it has shown up in different shapes. So it it started out in traditional Christianity, and then uh, literally Marianne Williamson moved to town. So I got exposed to a broader perspective from a spiritual perspective. And now I would say my between course in miracles um different spiritual texts quantum physics it's my life's work now is really an integration of all of them and so historically i've done business coaching um, but it was always about who we became in the process so my spiritual path has just been very personal it grows every day uh it's also imperfect every day and it's just it's part of the journey and has been my whole life
0: Mm, yes. And I, I've been following you for a long time now, probably about six plus, maybe seven years. And I don't remember, I, I feel like I remember there was a point at which the spirituality started to come through more. And I was like, oh, I don't remember her talking about this stuff. And I remember this like moment. I was like, oh,
1: she's spiritual.
0: <laughs> so was there like a moment when you're like, okay, I need to start talking about this
1: stuff. You, you know, what's really interesting? The people that were in my closer circle always knew it. Like, you know, back in the day, I had a radio show. I always started with prayer. Anyone that was in the Divine Living Academy, like, or any of my business programs, I always started with prayer, played gospel music at my event, business events, you know, like, so it wasn't until I went to lunch with a girlfriend and I think, I, I don't know, for some reason on Instagram that day, I have, because my friends aren't in my programs, you know, so I was on Instagram and she's like, you're actually spiritual. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're, you're like, you're like, actually a preacher, and people don't know that about you. And I'm like, well, the people in my programs. And what I realized was that there was a, how do I want to describe it? There was a way in which I felt like it was a, it was a sanctuary, whether it was virtual or in person in my programs. And I think I never felt the sake, that level of sacredness mm. out online. So I wasn't exactly bringing my full self out into that, that public world. And then I realized there was a real need for that. And that the the public space doesn't need to be that different from you know, what I was calling the sacred space, you can make sacred space everywhere that you go. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started being more of my full self everywhere.
0: Okay, I love that. I've been reading the Course in Miracles. And I've been talking a lot more about God and using the word God and speaking about Jesus and speaking about scripture. And people have been messaging me being like, oh, have you gone religious, like that's dangerous. Like, and I I keep feeling a need to like explain myself. So how do you kind of describe the connection and or differentiation between religion and spirituality and our connection to God?
1: Mm -hmm. So I have pretty much been unapologetic about the way I choose to communicate because if I try to like fit in with everyone else it's going to dilute and water down my message and and you know I, I did grow up with traditional Christianity however I from a very young so like a lot of Christians will feel like they feel called to preach to the church or you know and and I got from a very young age that I was I was actually prophesied over and it said you will proclaim my name through industry and I got very clearly I was meant to speak to the unchurched. Mm-hmm. And what that meant to me is people of all faiths or no faith. Right. And so I think that when you can really feel it in someone's energetic, if they're trying to push their beliefs on you, if they're trying to make their way right, if they're, or if they're simply using a scripture from the Torah, the Bible, the like in any of the texts for a teaching. And when there's universal law infused, it's universal. It's for everyone. So, you know, whether it comes from Buddhism or Judaism or Hinduism, you know, it's, if you're a spiritual seeker, you're, you're going to hear what you're meant to hear. And so I think that there was always very much this, everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. So, no, none of the Jews or Muslims minded that I was playing gospel music at my cell because I also played Eminem, you know, like it was just I, I really incorporated anything that, that spoke to me. And so I think that people will hear you from mm-hmm. the place that you speak from. And if you're speaking from the neck up like, oh, God, I hope they're not judging me. I hope they're not offended. I, and, you know, you're going to lose the heart and lose the embodiment of it. I also use humor. I let people know, I'm like, look at if you have religious wounding, like I'm going to trigger the hell out of you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. So it's like, you know, you can just play with it and let people know who you are and, you know, people can peace in or peace out. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. But if you come in, we'll be very peaceful. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, and on that note too, I want to talk about Uh, the relation to God in manifestation. And I know the course of miracles talks about the difference between creating and making and manifestation that sticks comes from creating with God and making from a place of that kind of like ego desire Either you'll man, you won't manifest it all, or you'll manifest it and it'll slip away. So, what are some of your tips from creating from that authentic place and how that you'll actually hold on to the manifestation?
1: Yes, I think something that's really important in the conversation right now is not getting tripped up on semantics, mm. because you know, creating or making or like any of that, you know, can. It it, it has women in particular overthink things about like, am I doing it right? And it's the last thing that I want for myself or any other woman listening is like, oh, well, am I using the right word or the this or the that? What I have come to learn from all different spiritual contexts is that manifestation comes when you are it. When you are the vibrational match, when you are the embodiment, when there is no separation, and that's where, like, I never believed in fake it till you make it, but I kind of get it more now. It's it's the the act as if it is already done. Right. And so, any if we're sourcing from separation, if we're like, oh, I want to call in the love of my life, I want more money, I need clients, I like, all of that already says separation, and then you're gonna get more of what you the of the vibrational match that you're at which is separation even though it's not what you want and so you know there's a reason why it's seek first the kingdom of heaven and then all of these things will be added unto you you know and jesus said i and the father are one so it's being one with source as you understand it Mm -hmm. and when you are one with source you are the manifestation whether it is the the dream home the speaking on stage the million downloads on your podcast the like w- the the money in the bank the the whatever that is and so really getting that all of what we've been taught just do it hustle take the bull by the horns all of that is about the separation it's all the stuff outside of us and when we go within and are in tune that's when we do get the holy instant and that that's when when the manifestation occurs no different than you're thinking about someone and they call you 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're thinking about that person, you're at one with them. And then literally that manifestation comes in instantly. And we can do that with all things, not just like the little things, but the big things too. Mm,
0: I love that. I want to talk about divine living, which I know is the name of your podcast, but also really speaks to having it all and being able to um, you know, not let something slip because you're focusing too much of your energy on the business or too much, you know, energy on the travel and the fun. And then the business slips, like, what are some of your tips for keeping everything balanced?
1: Mm. So I live by desire. Mm. And when you are really in tune with your desires and desires are not a want, they're not a wish, they're not a fantasy. Um, they're not an addiction. They're not an escape and they're not a numbing out. When it's a real desire, it is divinely inspired. And so it's, it's following the divine assignment. And when you're following the design, divine assignment, you're never in overwhelm. You're not scattered. You're not working too little. You're not working too much. So when you're like tuning in and you're like feeling like, what's the desire? it's like, I want to be more social. I want to reach out. I want to call someone. What's the desire? You tune in and maybe it's to take a nap. Um, what's the desire? Like, I really want to rock out this podcast or, you know, like I really actually want to write this newsletter from my heart. you know, like, when there's a real desire, when you're traveling, you know, it's like, I desire to unplug and not even post about this poolside shot. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you're like really getting, and then when you're like having, you're in Italy and you're like, my desire is to take a picture of this cappuccino and post it, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the divine will always guide you. It's when we're outside of the divine assignment that we overthink, we get scattered, we get, we get spread too thin, and we're not in tune with wisdom. Because wisdom will always show us the, the simplest and most pleasurable way to do life. Mm-hmm. And when I say simplest and pleasurable, it doesn't always mean a uh, beach club pleasure. It, yeah. it means it means like even when there's difficult things, there's there, there's like a pleasure in showing up for yourself, or there's a pleasure in setting a boundary, or there's a pleasure in being visible.
0: Mm, I love okay. So let's have a quick And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code ChakraGirl at checkout that. So in those mornings where we wake up and we're like, okay, I have this to do and I have this and it's this time. And I got to like, do all these things by this hour. Like, how do you kind of like in those moments, is there like a question you ask yourself or like a little, I don't know, routine that you do to get yourself into rather than I have to do this. Like I get to do this.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't think that for most people, those are moments. I think that's a way of life. So I think that's an addictive mentality that is very understandable and also very healable. Mm -hmm. And the way that I healed that in me was to become unavailable to be that person. Mm. I became unavailable for anxiety. I became unavailable for overwhelm. I became unavailable for overworking. And this does not mean I have my life set up perfectly, please. I'm Sicilian. I got triggers. I already told you, I came from a fundamentalist Christian background. Like I got stuff to deal with. However, (laughs) these are ones that I have mastered and some of my habits and practices. So that one I feel is a little bit like asking like, what do you do when the car goes off the cliff? Yeah. Like it's already off the cliff. And so the real practice becomes like, what do we do to not even let the car go off the cliff? What do we do to not let our mind go into that pinball machine? And so practices that help me with that of, you know, they, they sound simple, but it's a, you gotta be committed to, to actually make it a habit. And so certainly the morning routine. I, unless I have to book an early flight, like I do not wake up by an alarm ever, ever, ever. Like, and let my body really set its own rhythm and wake up. And then I have plenty of space in the morning where I do my meditation, I do my journaling, I do my reading, I do my workout. I have coffee and time with my husband. So it's just a very solid, grounding, pleasurable way to start the day. And then if I'm working in a particular day, I do not start before nine. I never, ever, ever, ever go past six. And I rarely go past five. I've really trained myself, do it or delegate it, do it or delegate it. And if it can't be done in that amount of time and you need to like make a different decision, Uh, And then I have a super pleasurable evening and a great night's rest. I'm never tired. I also have weekends off Mm -hmm. for the most part, unless I'm hosting a retreat or something. And so when when you have like on a piece of paper, there's margins. And there's margins there for a reason. Like you're typically meant to like write within the margins. And then there is space for overflow if you happen to go off. Well, the problem is too many modern day women are like, filling up the whole page even past the margin to the very end so then when there's overflow needed there's there's no space there's no and that's where the anxiety comes in oh my god what am i because there's no there's there's no seeming solution and so uh, what i want to do is like help women get back within the margins of their life Mm -hmm. so that they can live a fuller life so like queens have the right to take up space to take up time and then when it, it women are so incredible when you have even just 10 minutes to yourself, you can like think of the solution, you know, like you can come up with the answer. You can, you know, get it, but it's when we don't even have a moment to check in and connect with source that we spin out. I love that. That and speaking
0: of queens, your book is called Audacity to Be a Queen, which I just love. And I I feel like you have this like unapologetic nature about being a queen, which I love about you. So can you tell us what Audacity to Be a Queen means to you and what inspired you to write the book?
1: Sure. Yes, yes, yes. The Audacity to be a queen is legit being the best version of yourself. So that does include being unapologetic in certain areas. It does mean going for it, taking risks, living your best life, thinking about what the best case scenario is versus the worst case scenario. We always hear investing in yourself, also spending money on yourself, being able to make money, spend money, invest money, save money. But women are so afraid to get it wrong with money. And so a lot, there's a lot of self-permission in the book, um, self-permission to succeed, self-permission to not always get it right, self-permission to stop comparing, self-permission to, to totally go for it. So I wrote the book, you know, I thought I would write the book so long ago, to be honest. And I remember when I first came up with the idea, it, not for this book even, but for a different type of book, I went to my mentor, Marian Williamson. I said, so I want to write this book. What do I do? She said, go talk about it for 10 years. And I was like, "Hmm, that's an interesting thought." Um, and I ended up talking about it for twenty years. I, I moved to California in two thousand four with the intention of writing my book, and it—you know—the the the whole queen thing. I know there's like a yes queen meme going around right now, but this is based on the ancient story of Queen Esther of Persia, which is a true story. And what I did, and I write about the whole thing in chapter four of this book. What I didn't know when I set out to write. My book that I would have to go through my own Esther experience. And that took another, I don't know, over 10 years or so. So I'm not saying everyone needs to wait 20 years to write their book, but it was basically a combination of my life's work. And I had gotten to a place where I was doing so many live events around the world and just seeing the incredible transformation that would go on in women's lives. I was like, more people need this information. You shouldn't have to come to a live event or get on a plane or, you know, be in a room. I, I I wanted a $29 version of this and I wanted people to get their hands on it globally. So I guess it just became time to write the book. And then I launched my book on March 3rd, 2020. So if you're going to wait 20 years to write your book, I don't know that you're, I consciously chose the first week of a global pandemic, but you know, there you have it. It gave me my first opportunity to, use one of the exercises in my book to be a queen. um, And that exercise is when something is happening that you don't like, you say, I'm thrilled this is happening because.
0: Oh, I love that practice.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the book.
0: And what were your answers? What, like,
1: how did you get yourself out of that? I was mad. I mean, I was so ready for the big time, go on a book tour, book signings, TV shows, and the whole thing. And then I, I really, it was just all canceled overnight. And I couldn't immerse myself in a body of work that was about being a queen and not be a queen about this. Mm. So I just I went to okay I'm thrilled this I'm, I'm thrilled my book tour just got canceled because and I'm like I'm not <laughs> go there like I'm thrilled <laughs> my book tour just got canceled because. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't write the book just for people to buy the book, I wanted people to read the book. And when are people reading more than being at home during a pandemic? Okay, I'm thrilled this is happening because, and I always challenge myself to do like five to ten to really get it the lesson in me. Yeah. I'm thrilled this is happening, I won't do five or ten, I'll do three. <laughs> uh, I'm thrilled this is happening because, well, I wanted to go on all these TV shows and I was willing to like on my own dime, fly around the US, wake up at three o'clock in the morning to do the morning shows. And now I get to do them from the comfort of my own home. I called my publicist. I'm like, get me Austin, get me Orlando, get me the here, there. And I was just then doing all these Zoom that I didn't have to pay for and wake up early for. And so that was really fun. Yeah. And then I think the third one, I'm thrilled this happened because I did not have a podcast tour. I didn't have a podcast at the time and I didn't have a podcast tour planned. I was such an in-person event girl mm-hmm. and I just pivoted and started calling my friends who had podcasts and I was like, hey, can I come promote my book? And with all due respect to however fabulous my events would have been, it was just, um, would never have had the reach that all the podcast did. So yeah. It was a-
0: Okay, beautiful. I love that simple practice to really just pivot and shift the perspective. That's so Mm -hmm. powerful. So I want to talk about money mindset. I know that's kind of like one of the first things I was following you for. You're kind of the queen of it and something that I've worked on for a really long time. I still have my days, but can you explain the process of changing your money story and not only just the process, but also spiritually in the background, what's going on
1: when we do that? Mm, love it so you know money is one of the biggest stories on the planet and it gets such a bad rap and everyone talks about like you know oh they're going on a health journey and everyone's so excited for them and cheers them on or someone's like going to stop dating the losers and you know totally like call in the soulmate that's like the perfect match for them we get all excited and someone's like i'm gonna go work on my money story my relationship with money everyone's like like you know it's um I have so much compassion for people who are in the school of money. I write about that in my book too. There's the school of health, the school of love and the school of money. Clearly I'm in the school of money. (laughs) Um, and so the first thing I think I had to do was I, I just had to have so much compassion for myself. People were so mean about, my weakness, you know, it's like society was mean about it. It wasn't like, it wasn't a personal victim. It was like, where could I go? Like, you know, I grew up in church and if someone's marriage was on the rock or someone had a brain tumor, we were like there in groups praying for them. But if like I needed money to pay my mortgage, no one was praying for me, (laughs) you know, so like I had to show up to, to really be there and say, okay, I desire a different relationship with money. And so I had to first not make desiring more money wrong. I had to own for myself that I did desire more. I I had to really get that lack of any form is not spiritual. Lack of food, lack of love, lack of health, and including a lack of money. And it took the, it took a long time for me to just investigate the uninvestigated beliefs. Because I just took these beliefs like that were conditioned in me, money is wrong, and I shouldn't have it, and I shouldn't focus on it, and I should be of service, I should give it away to others, like this was all the default, but then like getting into like, I deserve money, and I do enjoy money, and my desires cost a certain amount of money, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it took a real personal self-permission ownership and claiming, And then I had to learn how money actually worked because I was just in this belief that money was scarce because I didn't know anybody growing up that didn't have a scarce relationship with money. So really studying the books about universal law and universal principle and getting that there is no lack of money and how could there be a lack of anything? There is no lack with God and source. So it's like, if you believe in God, how do you believe in a lack of anything? So it's like, then it's like, whoa, had to like really own that one. And then coming into financial relaxation Mm -hmm. and financial relaxation is about getting out of the under earning or over earning. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the under earning is the overworking and the under earning and the just barely enough or the not enough. And then, you know, with as much as I love about the whole entrepreneurial space and journey, there's a lot of grabbing mentality in it. And yeah. it's just like more is more is more is more is more is bigger is bigger is better better better. better. And like just actually getting into alignment. It's not about the money. It's about your destiny. It's about your desires and what what is meant for you. And it's like, if one person goes and asks for a million dollars, it's like, well, that might be an overreach or an underreach. If your destiny is to have you make 5 million this year, then 1 million is lack. And if your if your destiny for this year is to have you make a, a quarter of a million, then that's just an overreach and an overgrab. So, I started to liken money to food. Mm. We all know when we haven't eaten enough, and and our body system is out of whack, and we're angry and we're cranky and it doesn't feel good. Mm. We all know the feeling of when we've eaten too much, when we're like, I'm just gonna take another bite and another bite and another bite,
0: mm. you know,
1: and it's like that doesn't feel good either. So the, the compassion piece comes in starting to know yourself what's too little and what's too much and what's just right for you.
0: Mm. So then there, there's not always that grasping of like feeling of needing more. So when you, when you have that, do you still set money goals? Because now, I mean, now you probably know what amount feels right for you. But if someone's kind of like in the stage where they're like, okay, I want to set a goal. I don't really know what that amount is that I need. What's something that they can do to get more clear on that?
1: So I've never been financially motivated. I've always been desire motivated and I have not paid any attention to how much my desires cost. Okay, I love you that. Know, so people that go and set a financial goal, there's emptiness there because, like, what what's the purpose? And and God doesn't care about like you want security in your bank account, like that's a laugh. So it's more like you want to move into a dream house. That's great. Well, what actually is your dream house? You know, mm-hmm. it's like you want to take a trip. What is, what is your trip? You desire to buy a certain uh, article of clothing or articles of clothing. You know, like you want to hire a team member. So I'm so desire driven that it is all about the desire. And then I go into the specifics and I get intimate. How much does that desire cost?
0: Mm. Okay. I love that. So
1: we were talking a lot about like the spiritual
0: laws and like anchoring in them. And I know it's easy to know the spiritual laws, but then not be living them. So what were your first kind of steps to anchor them in? Mm. But then we can use as an example, like that there is no lack.
1: Oh, okay. There is no lack. Um, You know, I think it would, I would anchor in when I would notice the feelings, you know, when you take time for yourself and you journal and you have a morning routine or you're just available to be a conscious human, you know, when you feel good, you know, when you feel tired, you know, when you feel frustrated, you know, when you feel angry, you know, when you feel scared, resentful, excited peaceful and so I've learned to use my feelings as guideposts Mm. about how anchored in am I and when you don't judge your feelings but you notice them just let them be information so it's kind of like just if your hand was moving towards a hot stove and as it gets closer and closer you start to feel heat well you don't have to be like oh my god the stove is hot you know like it's just information. And if you're in tune with the information, then you can realize if you keep going in that direction, you're going to burn your hand. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay attention, it's going to get so hot that it's not going to feel good. But if once the heat comes on and you're like, Hmm, this is not the direction I want to be going in. then you continue to just move your hand in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And that's what our feelings are for. Like, well, this doesn't feel good. Or this doesn't quite feel right. Or, if we can catch it at that more initial instinct, it doesn't have to go into the more elevated and extreme emotions, which are more of a mess to clean up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if I, at the very initial instinct that I start to feel fear or lack, let's say around money, mm-hmm. around a desire that I have, I'll, I'll notice it. And then I'll go to what's truth because I've trained myself to, to be in truth. Not so much that like I never experience feelings of anxiety or lack or frustration, but to catch it more quickly now. Right. And when you're aligned with truth, then then you remember that in the quantum, in the infinite, there's endless possibilities and you have to be available for the unknown to come in um, for that manifestation to take place. Mm, So beautiful. We all want to be in the quantum and we all, we
0: all are in the quantum. We just need to recognize it (laughs) and open up to it. So beautiful. I would love to know what would you say has been like the most recent big lesson that you've learned in your life or a shift into alignment that you've made and what you learned from it?
1: I'm going to, I'm going to do an, easy one because it's always easier to analyze someone else other than yourself, yeah, but I've certainly <laughs> been on the other side of what I'm about to share more times than I care to count. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a combination of not assuming and not taking something personal. Mm. So someone years ago invited me to do something and I, I did it for a while and then I completed it. And then like over, well, over a decade later, someone else invited me to do something very similar. And I said yes to that. And the first person tracked me down and was like, why didn't you do it with me again? Mm. And if only it was, why didn't you do it with me again? It was like, it started out that way. And then it went into full-blown escalation. And it you know, turned into this, like assuming that I didn't want to do it with the the first person mm-hmm. and making it like making me wrong for choosing to do it with the second person. The whole, when the the whole thing was actually pretty innocent, like yeah. someone else came into my life, invited me to do something. It felt good. I said, yes, for me personally, I didn't feel a any sense of obligation to go back to the first person and be like, well, you were the first person to show me how to do this. Like, I should do yeah. it again. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, it's easier to analyze, you know, when someone else, but like, yeah. I, you know, I know the times that I've taken something personally that I have assumed the worst, or, you know, especially, you know, if you're assuming something around a per- perception of rejection that breeds yes. obsession. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that was a very humbling learning for me, watching this other person spiral out completely. Like actually before before this encounter, like I had such high esteem for mm-hmm. this person, really liked this person. And it's not that I don't today, but there was a level of drama that came in that I'm just unavailable for. Right. So it's like, there's been a kind of like almost an unnecessary unnecessary boundary that I chose to set because I'm not going to be around that kind of drama Yeah, there was nothing there was no shtick and then how many times have I been the one to do that so that's yes. what I learned yes that really is that the universe has its ways and it's always self-organizing and it's always self-correcting and you know I think we see it a lot in the coaching community I know earlier on I used to get so offended when my clients would go work with a different coach, and it's like, what did I do yes. wrong? And did they did not love me. Yes, and like, I used to get like that too. What did I? Yeah, they must hate me. All right, and then then you see someone else's client come and work with you, and like, yeah. oh, you see why you were the perfect coach for that person in the moment. It's not because yeah. you were better; it's because you had the same mother story that they did, or whatever it yes, was. Exactly. And so I think this like really getting the universe has it all organized Mm -hmm. and on, on our behalf and on everyone else's behalf as well.
0: Yes. And I love the saying always assume positive intent. And that's something that I always have to remind myself of as Mm -hmm. well. Beautiful. Well, so we have, you have your book, You have your divine living podcast. Mm -hmm. What other ways can people work with you, get your goods? I know you have
1: a free offer for us as well. Sure, sure. You can go to divineliving.com forward slash book um, to get the book. And then you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, where you can get the free companion course to the book. You can, um, my podcast comes out almost daily. So you can check that out, divine living and you can follow me on Instagram at Gina to beautiful. Well, this has been
0: amazing. The perfect combination of spiritual and like practical things that we can start doing. So I just love that so much. Gina, this has been such a pleasure. And for everyone listening at home, we'll link you to all things Gina in the show notes. And thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write
1: us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you.